In any case, Suhail says, Suhail who is representing the Meccans, the non-Muslims, he tells the Prophet, let's write the treaty. The Prophet calls on who to write the treaty? Imam Ali alayhi The Prophet, remember, he would never practice reading and writing, so no one would accuse him of writing the Quran. So he calls on Imam Ali, who would write, he was literate. He tells him, write the following, let's draft the sulh, the treaty or the truce. The Imam, the Prophet tells him, Uktub Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Right? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Suhail objects, who's representing the pagans. He says, Rahman ar-Rahim, I swear I don't know what that is. These are terms we're not familiar with, sorry. We Arabs in Quraysh, we don't use Rahman ar-Rahim. This is your Muslim thing, it's not our thing. وَلَكِنْ أُكْتُبْ بِسْمِكَ However, the phrase that we recognize is, in your name our Lord. This we'll accept, but Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, no, we're not going to accept that. Even though Rahman ar-Rahim is just a description of the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but these were stubborn pagans. So they tell him, you have to write Bismikallahumma. Write what we're familiar with. We're not familiar with Rahman ar-Rahim. The Muslims objected, there was an outcry. They said, no, we, by Allah, we're, we're only going to write Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The Prophet ignores them, he tells Imam Ali, Iktub Bismikallahumma. Okay, write in your name our Lord. It's still a true statement, you're still starting the treaty with the name of Allah. Okay, let's not make an issue out of this and you know, make the truce fail. Allah has commanded me to make this truce. So Ali ibn Abi Talib, write that. Imam Ali alayhi salam writes, Bismikallahumma. The Muslims are raging now. <laughs> then the Prophet tells Imam Ali alayhi salam to write the following. Hada ma qadha alayhi Muhammad or salaha alayhi Muhammad according to some other versions. This is what Muhammad has agreed on. But how does the Prophet introduce himself? Salaha alayhi Muhammadun Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah. So Imam Ali is writing this because the Prophet is dictating it to him. Suhail, this arrogant Qurashi, is like, wait a minute, stop. What do you mean, Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah? If we admit that you're Rasulullah, we wouldn't fight you. We wouldn't have this whole predicament to begin with. We don't accept that you're a messenger that God has sent. So don't put something in the truce that we don't recognize. We only recognize you as Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Muhammad son of Abdullah. That we'll accept. But Muhammad Rasulullah? No. We don't recognize you as being the messenger of Allah. The Prophet looks at Imam Ali. He tells him, Umhuhu. Erase it. Now a lot of things happen here. According to one version of the events, the Imam says, "Ma ana amha." I don't have the capacity, the audacity to delete your title, Ya Rasulullah. I can't do that. My hands won't let me. My hands won't obey me. And Imam Ali cries, according to some sources. 
So we have a number of sources that state Imam Ali refused to erase it. I, I can't erase it, Ya Rasulullah, I just can't. Now, there's an objection from other Muslims, from other schools of thought about this point here. Some object and they try to make a parallel between this scene of Imam Ali rejecting to delete that and Umar objecting to the Prophet when he was on his deathbed, when the Prophet said, bring me a piece of paper so I dictate to you something, you'll never go astray, right? What did Umar say? The man's hallucinating from pain. The book of Allah is enough. So we Shia were critical of Umar, we're like, how do you disobey the Prophet? The Prophet says, I want to dictate something to you. Umar says, no, we don't want it. So he's clearly disobeying the Prophet. Why would I follow someone who disobeys the Prophet? So other Muslims, what do they say? They come back and tell us, look, Ali ibn Abi Talib disobeyed the Prophet at Hudaybiyah. So now we're even. That's the argument they've made. Their scholars have made this argument, by the way. So they're like, look, the Sahaba, they disobey the Prophet, but they all have good intentions. It's okay at the end of the day. That's how they look at it. So this, they use this to try to make the point that sometimes companions will slip, they'll make mistakes, you know, they'll use their own opinion. Here the Prophet is clearly telling him, delete it, delete it, but Imam Ali in the end uses his own opinion, says, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay, so they make this parallel. What's our response to that? This is completely unacceptable to make an analogy between these two. Why? Let's be academic here. Number one, Umar's words to the Prophet were disrespectful. He said, He said, the man's hallucinating. He's saying things without even realizing what he's saying. If there's a respectful person, forget a president or a king, your father. If your father tells you, Baba, go and do this for me. You're like, my dad's hallucinating. Isn't that disrespectful? That's disrespectful. What Umar did to the Prophet was disrespectful. But what, the, what Imam Ali said, in fact, was respectful. He was saying, Ya Rasulullah, you're the messenger of Allah. My hands just don't let me delete that. That's not disrespectful, that's respectful. So first of all, there's a world of difference between what they said to the Prophet. That's the first point. Do you agree with this point? Okay, the second point. Imam Ali is expressing his utmost love and belief in the Prophet. He's saying, my hands won't let me cross out your title. I can't do it. So again, the point that's based on his respect and love for the Prophet. Number three. The Prophet's command wasn't a real command for Imam Ali, that Imam Ali had to follow. The Prophet said it only to satisfy Suhail, in other words, to shut him up. Because he was going, going to make the truce fail. The Prophet doesn't want this important event to fail because of this point in the treaty, right? So when the Prophet told Imam Ali, delete it, he's just trying to quiet Suhail. Otherwise, the Prophet doesn't really want Imam Ali to delete it because he's the messenger of Allah. But when the Prophet asked for his companions to bring a pen and paper so he would write for them something that will guarantee their guidance, the Prophet meant it. He really wanted them to write something so they would not disagree after he dies. So there's a difference between these two commands. Number four, we know for a fact Imam Ali never disobeyed the Prophet. 
He is the truthful because the Prophet said, and no one ever confronted Imam Ali after Hudaybiyah telling him, oh, you also disobeyed the Prophet. Not even the Bani Umayyah who would try to find anything to bring down Imam Ali. They never used that as ammunition against Imam Ali because it's so ridiculous. If truly Imam Ali disobeyed the Prophet in the eyes of the companions, we would have seen them use it against him later. But no companion ever used this against Imam Ali, which shows that later some of these extreme scholars came up with this analysis. Otherwise, no companion understood it that way. But with Umar, no. Other companions confronted him later. They told him what you did at the Prophet's deathbed was extremely inappropriate. So there's that difference as well. Number six, by the, number five, that's all assuming these reports are true. There are some Shia scholars who've even doubted these reports that Bukhari and other mentioned. We don't even know exactly what happened. What did the Prophet say to Imam Ali and what Imam Ali replied? Maybe we can't rely on these sources. Number six, some reports indicate that Suhail commanded Imam Ali to erase it. So Suhail looked at Imam Ali and he told him, erase it. Imam Ali said, no, I'm not erasing it. So it wasn't a command from the Prophet, it was a command from Suhail. And then Imam Ali said, no, I'm not going to do it. The Prophet came and he erased it himself. So Imam Ali didn't disobey the Prophet. Technically, he didn't receive a command from the Prophet to erase it. So what happened is, the Prophet tells Imam Ali, write Muhammad Rasulullah, Imam Ali writes it. Suhail says, Ali, I'm not going to accept that, delete it. Imam said, no, I'm not going to delete it. The Prophet says here, let me delete it. So who did Imam Ali disobey here? He didn't disobey the Prophet according to this report. So we have multiple versions of this event. And based on this version, there was no disobedience whatsoever. Number seven, some reports indicate Imam Ali did erase it. And that's why he said, he said to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, if it weren't for me obeying you, I could never erase that. So some reports admit Imam Ali did actually erase it. So he followed through. So when you have all these versions, you can't accuse Imam Ali of disobeying the Prophet. There are other interpretations, other versions of the event. Number eight, the last one here. I know these are many points. Some reports indicate that one of the companions of the Prophet by the name of Usaid ibn Hudayr and another companion, Sa'd ibn Ubadah, they held the hand of Imam Ali and they forced him not to erase it and to write Muhammad Rasulullah. And they said, if you erase it, we're gonna fight these Qurayshis. We're going to go to war. So it's not that Imam Ali refused, he was trying to write it, but then the companions fell on him, ah, no, we're not gonna let you. And then the Prophet says, okay, let me come and erase it, just to show the companions that I want this to be done with. So the Imam Ali, according to a number of reports, he didn't even disobey the Prophet. He didn't even receive a command from the Prophet for him to disobey it. How do you feel about these points? <laughs> but they use this against Imam Ali. Believe me, today the Wahhabis, they use this. Yeah, Imam Ali disobeyed the Prophet too. I think there was a great connection between Imam Ali and the Holy Prophet where Imam Ali would give him warnings that there were 
Of course. They, they come back and they say that at the Prophet's deathbed, Umar also had good intentions because he saw the Prophet in pain and he didn't want to disturb the Prophet by writing anything extra. He said, the Quran's enough. That's how they justify it. That's how they justify it. We of course reject that, but that's their attempt to justify it. In any case, there was chaos and yelling. Now that the name of the Prophet was uh, omitted, the Prophet asked them to keep quiet. Now, the Prophet what he does is that the Prophet says to Imam Ali السلام, show me where my name is written. Where is Muhammad Rasulullah? Show it to me. Imam Ali says here, the Prophet himself, he erases it. And he tells him to write instead, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. There is a hadith in Bukhari, it's an interesting one, which, which claims the Prophet himself wrote it. So he erased it and himself wrote it, even though the Prophet would not write, but miraculously at Hudaybiyah, he wrote it himself. They have some claims, some reports that claim that. It's probably doubtful. May, the, the more likely scenario is that Imam Ali السلام, wrote it. There's an interesting point here. After the Prophet omits his own name and Imam Ali writes Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the Prophet looks at Imam Ali and he tells him, Ali, the same situation, scenario is going to happen with you. He told him, Laka mithluha tu'tiha wa anta mudtahad aw mudtar. The same thing will happen to you, Ali, one day and you will be under pressure to accept. And that's exactly what happened where, at which battle? Safin. Remember how the proto-Khawarij, they rebelled against Imam Ali and they forced him to make the treaty with Muawiyah when the Imam was minutes away from victory, right? You've heard about the battle of Safin. The Khawarij forced Imam Ali to make a treaty with Muawiyah. So the Imam said the following, this is what Ali, Amirul Mu'mineen, has agreed on with Muawiyah, the son of Abu Sufyan. Muawiyah, or according to some reports, Amr ibn al-As, who was representing Muawiyah, he said, ana in annahu amirul thumma This doesn't make any sense. I would be a very treacherous, wretched person if I admit that you're Amir al-Mu'mineen, the commander of the faithful, and I'm fighting you. No, we're not going to accept your title, Amir al-Mu'mineen. Delete it. They told Imam Ali at Safin, delete that title in the treaty. So they told him, write your name and your father's name. Ali ibn Abi Talib, we're not going to accept that. So the Imam says, Subhanallah, this day reminds me of Hudaybiyah. When they forced the Prophet to delete Rasulullah, and today they're forcing me to delete Amir al Mu'mineen. The Prophet told me, this will happen to you. So it's, it's very interesting that Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib went through the same trial that the Prophet had to go through. Any questions so far? Yes. What did the, those migrants 
The Meccans believed in God who created the universe, but they believed idols were partners with God. So there were different idols for different things, and, and you'd worship the idols to get closer to God. That's what they believed. So they were not atheists. They believed in God, but they were pagans, idol worshippers. They would worship idols thinking these are gods. So they believed in multiple gods, not one god. They didn't have tawheed. Because it would have been a victory for the Prophet and a loss for them. The Prophet came with a lot of companions, they had a lot of power, they're like it's going to be a defeat for us. So this year you're not entering, you came by surprise. Next year we'll let you come, that's the solution they came up with and the Prophet agreed. He felt that this was better than going, going to war and killing, killing them. Yeah, they were on the Muslim side, yeah. Because they had embraced Islam at this point. Yes. So, um, when you said that Umar says um, that the Prophet of Peace went on to suspect, what was his actual reason for doing that? Our understanding is the Prophet wanted his companions to write an official document that after him the Ahlul Bayt are going to represent him, and Imam Ali is his successor. Umar knew that. Umar sensed that, he's, he blocked that effort. So he made chaos in the room. When the Prophet saw them quarreling and disrespecting him, he's like, get out of my room. He kicked them out, according to Sunni sources. He kicked them out. He's like, it's inappropriate for you to argue like that in the presence of a Prophet. Leave. Now, you might have a valid question. Why didn't the Prophet write it later? Okay, kick those companions out. Bring Imam Ali and some other Salman, Abu Dhar, whoever, and write it. Why didn't he do that? Uh, see, when Umar, in the presence of the Prophet, and he's alive, he had the audacity to reject, they would reject anyway. They would say, no, this is fabricated, this is not true, the Prophet never said that. So what's the point? Number two, another analysis we have, the Prophet wanted to protect Qur'an from being changed, and from people thinking the Qur'an has errors. How? Because if the Prophet would write that document and Umar had already said he's hallucinating, Umar and his party would advocate that the Prophet, yes, okay he wrote it, we can't deny that, but he was in pain, so he didn't know what he was writing. If this gets around, this would invite the enemies of the Prophet to even doubt the Qur'an because they would say if the Prophet can hallucinate and write nonsense things then maybe some parts of the Qur'an are also like that. Maybe he was hallucinating when he said some verses of the Qur'an. The Prophet wanted to close this door. He wanted to close this door so no one can doubt the Qur'an so he didn't write it and he ended that challenge over there. So this is another analysis why the Prophet didn't insist later on writing it. Yes. There were a number of writers to the Qur'an. Imam Ali was one of them, Zayd was one of them, a number of them. So they believe that Imam Ali also was one of the writers of the Qur'an who wrote, you know, the Qur'an on pieces of paper. They claim that Uthman is the one who 
compiled the Qur'an, meaning different companions had written different pages of the Qur'an, he gathered them and they compiled it into one book. That's what they claim, which we of course dispute that. So they do recognize that Imam Ali and other companions, they wrote the Qur'an at the time of the Prophet, but they, their claim is when the Prophet passed away, you had scattered of pages here and there. It wasn't in one book form. Uthman is the one who collected all those scattered pages into one book form. That's what they say.